Hey, welcome to the sermon series from Life Church Green Bay. It's our mission to bring the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We're so glad you're here. If this is your first time joining us, we want to do life with you. While you're listening, fill out our hello card on our website so we can connect with you. Visit lifechurchgreenbay.com forward slash hello to fill it up. Make sure to check the I'm new here and online options while filling out the card. Again, we're so glad you're with us today. Here's this week's message. Wow. Good morning. Open your Bibles to the book of 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like to use one, just raise your hand and we'll bring you one that you can either borrow or keep. It's our gift to you. Also, if you have the YouVersion app or the Bible app, you can go there. And, and if you go to Live and Life Church, all the notes and scriptures that I'm going to talk about today will be there. If you're watching online or at one of the many services at the Brown County Correctional Facility, we love you. I love you guys. I'm so glad you guys are here. And I have been loving this series. I love series where we break down scripture, where we don't just read it, but we really study it. And I love what Pastor Sean has been doing. And I love Rabbi Matt's message. And even Pastor Sean's message last week was so, so good. And it just, it just reminds me the importance of just not just reading the scripture, but like Pastor Sean said, you know, that we, we got to go beyond the surface layer. And so sometimes looking at scripture reminds me of when me and my wife Shelby got a new phone. We, new phones. We didn't just share a phone. <laughs> it's my turn, you know. So, no, but we got new phones a couple years ago. And, and, you know, when you get a new iPhone, it, it, they, they try to help you. And they're like, oh, they try to transfer things over. But they, you always have to go through a couple steps. And some of them are like, hey, do you want to add a payment thing? Do you want to add this and that? And I remember one of the steps I saw that I never saw before was they asked if you wanted to change your text size from either normal to larger. And of course, I was like, <laughs> normal, please. You know. But I looked at my wife, and my wife picked larger. And you know, my wife's a little older than me, so I got a little nervous. I was like, are we there? Like, am, is that happening for me soon? Like, am I going to have to do larger? Like, I was a little nervous. And, you know, but the thing I've noticed about it is like her larger sc- screen, it's more attracting to me. Like, when she gets text messages, I will do this. And sometimes I'm a little concerned because it looks like a long text message. Like she's either like getting corrected, like or someone's like, I didn't like that song the way you did. Like I always, I don't know, I always think to like negative, but I'm not a negative person, but sometimes I'm like, is someone sending you something? I, I ask her like, is everything all right? She'll go, yeah, it's just a text message. And then, and then I realize it's just a text message when we get the same text. But like on my text, it's like only like a sentence, but on her text, it looks like a paragraph. And I'm like, maybe larger is cooler. But it kind of reminds what we're doing in this series, that like in this series, we're going beyond just a couple sentences, that we're actually zooming in and studying the scripture and asking ourselves, how can we apply this to our life? What is the true meaning of this? How can I just take this more than just reading it and getting it done, but applying it to our lives? This series is about digging deep and going beyond just reading and studying. And that's what I want to talk about today in this message I'm calling, The Purpose of the Scriptures. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you so much. I love you. And I thank you for your word that it's transformed my life and many people's lives. And Lord, I pray as we go into this message today, that it would not just be a good teaching, 
but it'd be something that we'd say, man, I need to do that. I need to apply that. I need to make that something that I do on a regular basis. Be with the word. Help me to say it well in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So 2 Timothy chapter 3, I'm actually just going to start reading in verse 14. And it says this, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. Can I ask you a question real quick? How many of you believe something and like never did the research on it? Like, you know, a lot of us grew up, we didn't have Google, like we couldn't ask Siri. Like our Google back in the day was someone going, you know what I heard? And like, we took that as fact. Like, you know what I heard? What'd you hear? And like, there's some things that I, would, I heard that I thought was fact and really wasn't fact. Like, like for example, I, I remember someone going, you know what I heard? I heard you should never go to Jack in a Box on Nelson Bonanza. That's cross streets in, in good old Las Vegas. You should never go to the Jack in a Box on Nelson Bonanza because everyone's getting food poisoning there. And I was like, oh. Now, now I should have done the research. Like on, I wasn't doing the research on the average of food poisoning. I actually should have done the research on what is food poisoning because I, I actually thought it was the wrong thing. Like I thought if someone got food poisoning, they were poisoned and died because they ate food. <laughs> so when I saw that jack-in-the-box, I, I remember driving by and going like, why is that still open? Like, have they found the jack-in-the-box killer? Like, you know, what's going on? I didn't know what food poisoning was. Or here's another one. Maybe you guys remember this one. I remember someone going, uh, I heard if you go to Wendy's and get their chili, there's gonna be a thumb in it. <laughs> Which like maybe not just one, not eat chili like, at Wendy's, but chili at all, because I was like so afraid that like if I take a scoop that I'm going to find an appendage next to the beans. So I was like, nah, I'm good. But you actually found out there was a lady named Anna Anaya who bought a thumb for a hundred dollars and put it in to try to sue Wendy's, but then she got caught and she went to jail. Or how about this one? I was told that certain swimming pools had this certain chlorine that if you peed in the pool, it would change the color of the pool. Church, I'm going to be honest with you, like I was in my 20s. When I found out the reality of that, I was like, wait, that, that's not real? That's not a real thing? I know some parents are like, hey, man, like, what are you doing? <laughs> but that's what Paul's talking about, I really believe, in, to Timothy in verse 14 when he says, but as for you, continue in what you've learned to become convinced of continue of what you've been convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. Meaning his family taught him and learned him things. He's saying this because in verse 13, he was talking about how the gospel was being attacked by false teachers. And he was encouraging him to not lose momentum because these false teachers are going to come and say things and they, they have a new theology and a new morality, a new teaching. It's going to be attracting and he's saying, no, 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 you've already been convinced. You've already been convinced and moved by the scriptures. Don't allow these new teachings to be pleasing. And it's interesting that he's telling Timothy this, a man who was already a leader in the church saying, watch out, which makes me think that maybe some of these teachings were good teachings, 
that maybe there were some good quotes, maybe there were some good lines and some good authors that people were going to and not the word of God. And so he was reminding him that you have continued, you have the answer and, and you raised it. That's what he says in verse 15. And, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So Paul is reminding Timothy that he has been taught the scriptures. He knows the truth and he's known it from a young age. So even though these opinions are going to come up, which is so funny, I I love that sometimes people go, hey, I want to know your opinion. And I have opinions and and Pastor Sean said it too. He has opinions, but we never want our opinions to overcome God's word. And so that's why you're never going to go, you know what I think, which I know some of you guys would love, like, what do you think? Tell it. Like, I know, because that's not the focus. And that's what Paul's trying to tell Timothy. Don't be swayed. You've been convinced. You've been transformed by the Holy Scriptures. He's really saying this, that the Scriptures can be trusted over any good speech, only any good word. But why? Like, why can the Scriptures be trusted over good theology, good teaching? Well, in verse 16, he says it. He says that all scripture is God-breathed. And that phrase comes from the Greek word that is theopneutos, which means exhaled by God. So that all scripture, it comes out of God and onto the pages. But how? Like, does he just go, and then it just appears? No. Actually, 2 Timothy talks about that. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 20 through 21, he gives an illustration where he says, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. I love that phrase, carried along. In fact, when I was doing some studying, I found that that same phrase was used in the book of Acts. That when Luke was talking about Paul in in, in the book of Acts chapter 27, he's on a boat and he's about to be shipwrecked. And it gets to this point where where all hope is lost. Like they're pretty much going to crash. And it says in the scriptures that Paul brings up the anchor, lets go of the rope, and he allows the wind to carry him along onto dry land. So the, where the winds were too strong and, 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 and it was too tough, he let go and he let God do what only he could do. So that description in Acts is, is what Peter's talking about in verse 21. He's saying that the prophets, the Holy Spirit, carried along the words that the prophets wrote, that they listened to God and God gave them the exact words to say and the right scriptures to write and the right enunciation and everything. So the origin of the scriptures come from the mouth of God, that it is God breathed. And that's why Paul is saying that we should cling to them over other things because it comes from the mouth. The essence is exhaled from God. But what is the purpose of the scripture? Well, in verse 16, he also says that he says that all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So Paul lists four things 
for purposes of reading the scriptures. It's meant to be for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. Four things, two positive, two negative. And it's interesting that we have a positive and a positive to start end, but in the middle is kind of negative. I mean, for some of us, maybe our Jesus journey has been like that. Like it maybe started off real positive and great, and then we're going through some stuff, and it's not that great. You're like, I don't really like this. And then you kind of ask yourself, you know, did I sign up for this? I didn't know this is what my Jesus journey was going to be like. And then, then we kind of stick it through, we get through it, and then it kind of turns out positive again. But let's talk about those four things, because I think it's, in, it's important to really um, differentiate the, the four together. So the first one was teaching. And teaching is really getting a lot of the basics. You're, you're asking yourself, who is God? And we find out in his word who is God, but also who are we? Who are we in Jesus? We find out in this word who is our enemy. And he's, and he's described in here a lot. It talks about what is our promise if we do what we're supposed to do. And so in this, in the beginning, we, we're getting the teaching. We're learning a lot of information, but you have to understand that knowledge is never enough. Which makes sense that the last one is training. Because the teaching is the telling, but the training is the showing and actually putting it to life. The teaching is like evangelism where you hear the word, but the training is like the discipleship. But those two things are kept separate by difficulties, you know, which is rebuke and correction. These two purposes of scripture, I mean, they're, they're unpopular. I get it. I didn't hear anyone when I said, you know, rebuke and correction. They were like, yeah, my favorite. Like, no, it's something you want to avoid at all costs. And in fact, I've been there where when the rebuke comes in the scripture and you're like, ah, maybe I didn't read that right. Because we want to be in like the name of love and peace. And, you know, I don't want rebuke and correction. But you have to understand those two things are necessary in our development as people. Without rebuke and correction, people will naturally fall into rebellion and chaos like Pastor Sean talked about last week. Rebuke and correction are the key when it comes to our development to be becoming more like Jesus. I was kind of on the internet and I was kind of checking out this thing called a, a gyroscope. And it, it kind of looks like this. It's like, it's, it's got this gimbal and a stand. And so the top part is like the gyroscope. And, and like without motion, it really does nothing. But when you put it in motion, it will always kind of point north. You, you kind of get like, um, um, you know, our, our navigation is kind of based off a gyroscope. And the cool thing is you can take that base once it's in motion, you can move it around and it's not going to mess with the gyroscope. It'll just keep going north. It'll keep pointing up. It will even as it's staying in motion. And the cool thing is, is they've taken like that, that design of the gyroscope and they've made this cool thing called a gyroscopic stabilizer. And they've made this for ships. And here's what's cool about it. So inside that ball is a gyroscope constantly spinning. But the cool thing is it's connected to a boat. When it's turned on, if your boat goes a little too far one way, it will stabilize it and make it straight again. I even watched a video where they were doing a test and, and they have it off and they're rocking the boat and they're going back and it's just rocking and rocking and rocking. Then they turn it on and it just goes straight. And they're even trying to rock it. They can't move it. It just stays stable. But I love that there was an on and off switch for it. That you can choose to either have your boat rocky or not. And it's kind of like what Paul's talking and, and what he did in the book of Acts. See, 
He, carried along, he was carried along by the wind when he let go and brought up the anchor. See, he turned on the Holy Spirit and said, okay, I trust you to take me going. We have God breathe scripture because we had prophets who allowed the Holy Spirit to carry along the words and, and God onto the page, even the good, the bad, and the ugly. He, that, that correction, the rebuke, even though it's not great, it stabilizes, it helps us when it goes. And that's why Jesus people, it's so important that we have these four attributes when we're reading the scripture because we don't need to listen to everything that comes around. That sometimes we are going to hear something that sounds great and we're going to be carried by opinions and quotes, but if it doesn't match with the word, then it's not something we should have in our lives. We need to be stabilized by God's word. We need to lean on the words that were breathed from God to be proven as honest and steady and godly in our lives. We need to lean into the scriptures that teach us even when it's difficult and even when it's confusing. And we, I know we don't want rebuke. We don't want correction, especially by those in authority. It's like when you hear it, it's kind of like the, the old saying, like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. It's like, oh, come on. Can you just be mad, please? Like, can you like throw something? Like, I'd rather have you mad than like disap disappointed. Like, come on. And, and so even though rebuke and, and, and correction, it's not helpful, it is very helpful in our training process. It takes us from where we are to where God wants us to be. Just recently, I, I've lost about like maybe 15 pounds recently. And thank you. <laughs> I'm trying. And I know for some people, when you, when you start talking about, you know, when you say you've lost weight, they always go, well, well how'd you do it? And, you know, and for the answer for me is I just, you know, I watched what I ate. I started intermittent fasting and, I, and, and once I was able to eat, I didn't be, I didn't, I didn't go like, all right, let's pick out. Like I, I was watching calories and certain foods. I was eating fruits and vegetables, you know, things like that. But the, I mean, that's the answer. But the real reason I've lost weight is I bought a scale. <laughs> so two years ago, our scale broke. And for some reason, we never replaced it. I just, we just couldn't find the money, you know, just wasn't there. I mean, we had the money for a TV when it broke. We're like, we found that money. But the scale money, we're like, I don't know. It's like missing. And there was one night a couple weeks ago where I was just like, ah, man, I got to do something different. You know, because your t-shirts can only go like so far this way before it starts going up. And then you have that weird lower belly thing. And I was like, I don't want that. I don't want that. And so I was up and I said, you know what? I'm, I went on walmart.com. I bought a scale for $14. <laughs> and when it, when it came in, I unboxed it, took it out, stood on it. I didn't like it. So I, I took my shoes off, my jacket off. I went back on it. And then I looked up like research. I'm like, hey, for my age and height, is that a good number? And I looked it up and the answer was, no, it's not a good number. It's a bad number. So then I got to a point where I, I stood on the scale, said, okay, I don't like that number. And, and I found out that really I should be at this number. So, and then that rebuke came, you're like, oh gosh, okay, yeah, it makes sense, yeah. This isn't supposed to be here, got it, got it, you know. And so like that, it, I didn't like that, but I was like, I gotta do it. And then the correction came. I realized I can't have like a donut every single morning. I did have a donut every morning, so. 
Uh, lately, I've been kind of had, uh, I call it my inner Nate. Nate, who's on camera, great guy, looks like a Hensworth, like just chiseled. And so there's the times where I'm like, what would Nate say about this? And, 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 and you know, I look at donuts and I just hear him in my ear going like, not good, bud. It's not good for you. And I'm like, you're right. Not good for me. It's not good for me. But the training happened. So, so the reason I've lost the weight isn't just because of what I did, but because I was taught, there was rebuke, there was correction, and then the training happened. And so I'm seeing physical change because of that. And that's why when we do scripture like that, we'll get more than just physical change. We'll get spiritual change. We'll get spiritual transformation that will happen because we're doing more than just reading. We're studying. Like I said, I saw the, the information, but then I went back and said, is that correct? Because sometimes we just read to get it done. Like I read the scripture, check it off. And that's why I'm, I've always gave my opinion. I'm not the biggest fan of reading the whole Bible in 90 days because for some of us, that's the focus more than actually studying the word. It's like, I did it. I read the whole Bible in 90 days. What'd you get out of it? Not a lot, but you know, it's big. You know, there's a lot of scripture. Like I got that, you know. So I, I'm not the biggest fan of that. Some of you guys, you love it and it keeps you grounded. So I'm not saying don't do it. That's just my opinion. I rather just study the word. So because I study and when I don't understand something, like I'll go to commentary or I'll just go to Google and go, what does is, what is 2 Timothy 3.14 mean? And you know, and I'll, I'll try to see some similarities in that. And then sometimes this word, it has a lot of great things. And it's called me to do a lot of things, but sometimes it tells me that I should stop doing or stop thinking a certain way, and I don't like it. And I go, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that it says that. And, but then I go, but you know what? It's in there for a reason, because God breathed it to life, and he knew that I needed to hear that, and you needed to hear that. So in that, I go, okay, I gotta do that. I gotta stop doing that. I gotta stop thinking that way. I gotta stop going to that place. I need to stop allowing that substance to take over because God's saying it's not good for you. And then in that comes a plan. And I love when we put ourselves in that position where we say, you know what? I'm going to not just be more than a reader. I'm going to do everything that Paul says. I'm going to let it teach and rebuke and correct and train. Then we're getting ourselves to a point where we're allowing God to really move in us and take us from where we are to where he's called us to be. And when we let the scripture walk through us and through those four steps, Paul's saying in verse 17, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So he's saying in there, if you read the scripture and let it teach you and let it rebuke you and let it correct you, and let it train you. You will be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Another way of reading this is, this is how someone becomes fit for the task. I need to hear that because I have to remind myself of what God's done in my life. You have to understand, 20 years ago, I would never be where I am right now by my own works, by my own talents because I did not like speaking in public and people, but God called me and gave me a talent. You have to understand that we find in this Bible over and over and over again is that God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. In fact, we see it in the Old Testament where God says, I want you to go do this. And the response is, I can't do that. I don't, I'm not good at talking. And God has to remind him, who gave you the voice? Who gave you the words to speak? I did. 
I will equip you. I will help you. I will make you fit for the task. And that's why we have to read this and allow it to to transform us from the inside out. Because when we do, we'll become more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. We'll believe that we can do all things through Christ who's given us strength. We will start to really walk and believe what it says for us. And we will understand that we are equipped to do the call. We are called to reach the lost. We are called to do greater things because this word says we are. And that we're more than just what we tell ourselves. That's why it's so important too, because here's the thing. We're so good at beating ourselves up. We're so good at saying you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not talented enough. You're never going to do anything great. But this word has says the opposite. It says you are, you will do great and mighty things. And that's why it can't just be something that we bring to church with us on Sunday. It can't just be something that we skim through every once in a while. But this should be something that we're trying to go after daily and go, God, what do you want to speak to me about through this word? And I'm telling you, when we do that, you'll be surprised what God will do through you. I am living proof of it. Again, 20 years ago, if God said, I want you to speak in front of people, I'd be like, nope, no thanks. Don't want to do it. But I trusted God and I trusted the call he put on my life. And even when I accepted the call, I was like, I don't know if I could do this good. Like I was doubtful and I was afraid. But God says, no, I got a plan for your life. I have a call in your life. And I have thoroughly equipped you to do every good work. Are you thoroughly equipped for every good work? You can be. You can be even before you leave today. Can I bow your heads? So salvation, we actually find in the scriptures, there is a step to salvation. And the reality of salvation is that sin, we see it's a separates. That our choices are good and bad, have made us separate from God because God's a perfect God. But God loved us so much that he gave us Jesus. Not to just give us good teachings and great miracles, but he became that sacrifice. That sacrifice we needed to connect us back to God, to really be that bridge that we needed between us and God. He became that sacrifice. But here's the great thing about God. He'll never force anything on you. He'll never say, hey, this is a great thing I did. Hey, here, take it, have it, you know, get it. You know, and he, don't, he won't force it on you. But it's there for you if you accept it. Just like Ephesians says, that grace is a gift for us to accept and have. So with everyone's had bowed, we're going to do two things. One. If you're here and you'd like to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, Lord meaning, I'm gonna give you control. I've been doing life my way for a long time and it's got me so far. So I wanna give you control and see what you could do with my life. And Savior meaning, I'm not gonna be living by guilt and shame anymore. That I'm gonna accept that sacrifice, that he didn't just do it for one people or some people, but he did it for all people. In a moment, I'm going to ask you, if, if, if you want to do that, I'm going to ask you in a moment to lift your hands, make eye t- contact with me, and then number two, as a group, we're going to say a prayer together. Just a simple prayer that we find in Scripture to help us to go from where we are to where God wants us to be. So if that's you and you want to start that relationship with Jesus, you want to be more than just a believer, you want to have a relationship with him, you want to make him your Lord and Savior, can I just have you lift up your hands and look at me real quick? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Love it, thank you. Thank you, I see that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's great, that's great. 
Awesome. Anyone else? Did I, did I miss anybody? Awesome. Church, can we say this prayer together? Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Please forgive me of all my sins. Come into my life. Change me. Make me new. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made that decision, one, I am so excited for you, and it's going to be honestly, in my opinion, one of the best decisions you can make. But we don't want it just to be a decision. We want to take your decision to discipleship. We want to help you on what we call our Jesus journey. And what our Jesus journey is, I've said it a couple times already, is taking you from where you are right now to where God wants you to be. And I'm telling you, God wants to do some great things in your life. So if you could just scan the QR code, we have it up on the screen. You have it in your, uh, in your seat in front of you or if you're in the front row, right below you. If you can scan that, just give us some information and then check that box I'm choosing to follow Jesus because we want to help you. We don't want you to be like, oh, good job. We want to say, okay, here are some things we want you to start doing next. Like if you don't have a Bible, we want to get you a Bible. Because honestly, maybe some of you guys are like, uh, me with a scale with a Bible. You're like, I want to get a Bible, but like, they're like 30 bucks. Like, how much is that Bible you got, Pastor? I don't know. Someone gave it to me. Maybe someone will give you a Bible. I don't know. Actually, we will. We'll give you a Bible. You can have a free Bible. And some of you might be like, eh, it's a paper Bible. Well, make it your first Bible. Make it the first Bible that you have that you start reading through. And can I also suggest something? At the Welcome Center, we have some devotionals. Because sometimes when we go, all right, get in your Bible, we go like this. We go, oh, man. And then we just go like, where do I start? And sometimes the devotion's great. Because it'll do is it'll get you a couple scriptures that you could study. It brings some application to it. But if you're like, nah, I'm not a devotion guy, then start in the Gospels. The Gospels is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're in the New Testament. Some people love John. I love Luke because Luke is very thorough. Some people like Mark because it's the shortest one. But either way, they're teaching about Jesus. And you just started a relationship with Jesus. So I think you should get to know him with a Bible. I think the next thing is prayer. Prayer isn't just doing scripts and, and our, our fathers. It's just talking to God and being honest and real and saying, God, I need you. I need help. You know, the Lord's prayer was made. Jesus was like, hey, here's a good example on just Things to, you know, check, you know, when you're talking to God, you know, say, God, thank you. Please forgive me. Please help me. It's these things, but you're just being real. You're being you. Don't be fake. I always say, talk to God like you talk to your best friend. Like when you talk to your best friend, you're like, you're real. You're honest. You're yourself. You're comfortable. That's what God wants in a prayer life. And I think the third thing is find a church. Here's what I love about Life Church. Life Church is huge when it comes to community. Like community is like a big thing for us. And that's why I love, like when I'm in the lobby, like some people leave, they gotta go, I get it. But then we got people who hang out and I love that. And they're getting to know each other and they're keeping up on each other. That's what I love about our church. But if you're, if you're like, nah, you know what? Not for me, man. I've been here a couple weeks. Not my thing, man. I'm just, me. that's fine. But you gotta find a church that works for you. You can't be like, I didn't like that restaurant, so I'm gonna stop eating. Like, no. Like, you, you got to find a church that works. You can't be like, I tried church, it didn't work. You, okay, try another church. Or try another one. I know people who are like, they didn't like, like Life Church, so they went to like five other churches, and then they came back to Life Church. They're like, ah, oh, you guys are pretty cool, actually. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going you know, to stick around. But find a community, because I'm telling you, God doesn't want you to do this on your own. Look at the book of Acts. They did everything together because they understood the power of community when it comes to our growth and our salvation and growing and maturing in Jesus. Can I have you bow your heads one more time?
Maybe you're in here today and you're saying, you know, Pastor, I am a Jesus person, but I have not allowed the scriptures to really transform me and challenge me like Paul said. Like I've allowed it to teach me and train me, but like rebuke and correction, not so much. But I don't wanna do that anymore. I want, the, I want the word of God to transform me on the inside out. If that's you, can I just have you raise your hand real quick? So Lord, I pray for these hands. I pray, Jesus, that this would be more than just a one-time thing. But Lord, that they would dive into your word that is breathed out of your life. And Lord, that they would allow it to transform them, to change their thinking, to change their lifestyles, to change the way they do things, the people they surround themselves by. Lord, I pray that people would be totally transformed because of this word in their lives. I pray that you would do mighty things because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for joining us this week. Still thinking about the message? Go follow our message recap podcast, Chew on That. The Chew on That podcast is a podcast where Life Church staff chew over the latest messages to dig deeper into our faith. Tap the link in the episode description to have a listen. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll see you next week. Thank you.